Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Good morning and, well, it's a new year, Redmond. Welcome, everyone, to Real Adventures for 2022. We love talking all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. And uh, back from his uh, COVID isolation, one of the most reputable recreational anglers in the country, Aaron Redmond. Have good. He's back at the uh, the helm. Redmond, good morning. Good morning, Patrick. It's uh nice to be alive. <laughs> it's, it's it's good <laughs> to be back. Uh, thanks everyone for their patience. We obviously scored that extra week there with a little bit of a little bit of stuff going on for myself. But I uh, appreciate you helping me out there, and we're back in full swing for the rest of the year, which is uh, hopefully the rest of the year. But uh, it's uh, it's going to be a massive year this year. We've got plenty of plans uh, ready to go. So I hope everyone else has a good year too. Redmond, it's been a, uh, a massive sort of month over the, the Christmas period. We've obviously had our best of uh, taking a few weeks off and then you wanted a little bit of an extended <laughs> Christmas break. So you decided that, um, you know, you'd just test positive for COVID. Uh, really enjoyed the break too. It was unbelievable. Yeah, terrific. Um, talk us through some of the, the great captures that we're seeing. We're seeing huge Mako sharks at the moment right around eastern Australia, but certainly in some southern regions as well. Like, it's a it's a great fishery at the moment. It is. It's fantastic. And we got – it's written in front of me, summer fishing, and it, it's here. It's well and truly here. The water temps come up. We've got some nice blue water. We're getting those easterlies now where it's keeping the swell down a little bit. It, the swell has been up at times, but it's been really, really good right across the bottom end um of victoria like from one side to the other but not only that pat right through the country which we're we're going to cover that a little bit later around what's been biting around the country but you did mention mako sharks and it was on top of the list today Mm. and mako sharks uh a place where to go target makos has quite often been uh, uh, i guess down the southwest so somewhere like portland starting at apollo bay down to portland even down gippsland way right out to lakes entrance out wide you get big makos nice big makos or even medium makos where around the port Phillip bay heads and whatnot we don't often get those big fish and we get yeah. maybe the odd m- month where we have a few numbers here but a lot of five to 15 kilo stuff and you say five kilo but i'm not joking they're literally the size of a football like really small makos but this year and I'm going to pull it back to, and I had a few conversations last year and this year, um, I think even with yourself but many other people, regarding the tuna that are here at the moment. And the more tuna that keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, it's going to cause more activity regarding sharks. And we've seen a fair few sharks on our beaches. Uh, there's a dorsal watch, I think, on social media that you can follow. There's been a lot of sharks around, bronzies, whites, and makos being caught by rec anglers. We're probably not going to see those makos 
Pat, um, up on the beaches as such chasing swimmers. But they, they are a targeted species from recreational anglers. They're a beautiful eating shark. They're tremendous in fighting. And like I said before, they're probably – I guess they're, I'm gonna, they're definitely a big game shark, but the size of them this year has changed anglers' mindsets out of the Port Phillip Bay Heads region because they've just stonkers. There's massive fish. I know Chris Basileski, yep. uh, he got some. He had a massive one up at the boat the other day between a, estimated 160 to 200 kilo. Like that's a big, big shark, and we've had so many Salt Guide members uh, sending photos and captures in of the sharks that they've been catching too, but not just, not just targeting them by catch pat, like one and a flatty off the bottom and they're taking flatties and, 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 and whatnot. So they're not that 15 to 20. They're, they're right up to 40 to hundred kilo fish on the regular basis at the moment. I forget the, uh, the, the name of the angler that posted into salt guy during the week, but they would, they said they were, um, they were fishing for gummy sharks and lo and behold, there's this beautiful 80 kilo mako that they ended up landing, decided yeah. to put a trace on and, all, and away they go. It's a pretty pretty happy well, bycatch. I think they even said there was an even bigger one hanging around too that wouldn't take a bait. So that's that's good if you're chasing – like if you're into the mako, it's not good if you're into catching crayfish like myself. But it's a, it's a good thing though for, for, for us wreck anglers, uh, which is exciting to see. And just a couple of pointers when you are targeting these mako sharks is you want to change depths. Now, makos swim parallel to the shore. So they swim up and down along the shore, like along the shores. Yeah traditionally in sort of the same depths. Um, so what I mean by that is, say if you're fishing, we'll, we'll just give an example, straight out of Bowen Heads. Our depth changes, say, from 30 to 70 metres. We don't get much deeper than 70, and we push out on that direction towards, we'll say, Tasmania. Now, you want to set your drift so you cover contour lines, but there's different parts of the coast that obviously move in different angles. For example, down towards your place, Pat, Mogs Creek, you sort of tuck in and you get a bit more protected on the west side. So you're on the, the, the west the west of the land comes, comes around a bit and your contours will then change on different sort of angles. So when I'm taking a, chasing a mako shark, I'm going to try and find an area with the wind that I, the wind or the current, whatever's working on the day, to actually try and change depth as much as possible because you want to burly, burly, burly. And as that Mako hits that burly, you want it to change direction and come out to your boat. You don't want to have your burly and drift straight across, say, for example, 40 meters of water. And that's all you're covering because that Mako might not be traveling 40. It might be in 50 or 60 where if you're covering the depths and they're swimming in parallel, you've got a very, very good chance of Bruce coming up and actually smelling your burly and coming and saying g'day. Can you just talk us through? So the contour lines that you're talking about, this can be easily missed if you're if you're uh, not a regular ang- angler. You don't spend a huge amount of time on the boat, and you don't really understand how to use your uh, your sonar and GPS because this can be missed if you don't have the right settings. It is, it is uh, spot on, and a, a simple uh, a, a simple app that you and I talk about on this show all the time is Navionics. It is extremely, it's extremely helpful. And you can actually set your plan of attack up the night before. Now, your Garmin, I run the fishing maps and I also run quick draw contours. So I actually map the bottom the way I go. But as you're going, going. yeah, as you're going. So, but that's probably not going to help you as such when you're looking for ground. But going to your actual phone on your Navionics or looking at your contours on your your unit as you get in the boat and making a plan, sitting there. And what they are, are they line? They're lines on your chart. The closer they are together, the quicker the depth change is. The further they are apart, the more steady the bottom is. So quite often you'll notice, especially in our waterway here, we have restructure that sort of stops around 40 metres. There's give or bits and pieces, give or take, don't get me wrong. 
Mm. But you'll quite often find that after 40 metres, between 40 to 50 is a bit of a distance, then 50 to 60 is a bit of a distance, and 60 to 70 is probably even further, where in close 20 to 30 to 40 is quite rapid at times. It, it really drops off in places with the reef, reef structure that we have on offer in our waterways. So beautiful eating shark. Uh, up to you if you want to keep a big one or release it. I've kept big ones and had no dramas eating them. Uh, but and once again, there's thresher sharks around. You've also got uh, you've also got um, uh, bronzies too. They're hanging around too. So there's plenty of options chasing a shark right now, and it's well worth spending some money on some quality burley. I say quality and getting out there and actually catching one of these species if that's what you're after. Before we get to a bit of a uh, whip around and what's biting in your part of the country, Melbourne's only uh, boat show planned for 22, uh, 2022 rather, uh, opens the ticket booth Redmond. The Boating Industries uh, BIA have launched uh, their early bird ticket sales for the February event. They're priced from 11 bucks. Uh, so for showgirls, uh, seven years and up. So if anyone... Um, is below that admission is free and a family ticket's 22. So it's going to be the only one for Victorian anglers to go uh, and experience. So that opens up for the early bird. So if you're interested in that, make sure you purchase your tickets online. I dare say it's going to be pretty busy and uh, certainly sought after Redmond. Yeah, it is. It's at the National Water Sports Centre in Patterson Lakes on the February the 19th to the 20th. But the positive, the thing that I like about you got to think they've got to put something together and i think they've done pretty well to get something happening with the times that we live in but the one thing that i like and i know that you will like this is you can actually do on water boat tests yeah so so i I think that's a i think that sells itself in itself like it's a it's a massive factor regarding that's the the perfect that's the the beauty of doing it at patterson lakes particularly when even if it's a terrible weather day and you, you think over that that stretch you're going to get some some decent weather but even if it's terrible weather you'll still be able to launch the boat quite comfortably well, i personally think it's the rougher the better you get to test your boat out properly as bad well as if you're bringing the <laughs> wife if you're bringing your wife on board you want her to think that uh or your partner rather, uh that oh every time you go out in the boat it's but that just could wonderful. be a benefit your wife or your husband might not want to come next time you get time to yourself no, but that generally you have to you have to tick <laughs> off the payment part, Redmond. The payment right. has to be made first, and if they <laughs> just, think every experience is is just just brilliant, they'll they'll think, oh, wonderful. The next time you take them out, once you've purchased the boat, <laughs> you take them out in absolute crap. You make sure that they're seasick, and then they'll never come out again. Dangerous tips earlier this week. Some of the exhibitors include Aussie Boat Sales, Crawford Marine, Davy Marine, JV Marine, Melbourne Malibu, Melbourne Marine Centre, our very good friends there. Mercury Marine's going to be there and good friends. They've got their uh, 10 and a half metre rib that's going to be there with the 600. Merc, oh, that's, so. that's, small, that's small engine. Uh, MY Marine, <laughs> Boating Centre, St Kilda Boat Sales, uh, and land-based displays are also going to be there. So there's going to be plenty of things to see. Winches, marine radios, different starts of trailers, uh, in on-water safety where they take you through everything you need to know regarding taking your boat out. So I think it's going to be a good event, Pat. Uh, you and I will probably try and attend that, to be honest. So uh, make sure you do try and get that and get your early bird tickets before they go from $12 to 14 or they uh, a bit like rapid tests. They might be sold on the black market, and you've got to spend like five hundred dollars a ticket to get in. <laughs> well, uh, you, you never they're, know. They're 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 very hard to come by at times. I uh, just got a question for you, and we're going to get. I'm just going to get a tiny bit off topic, just because I know people will be interested uh, in this. Uh, we are an outdoor show, 
and you we play are. footy out, outdoors and occasionally under a roof at some place. <laughs> uh, COVID in the AFL, Pat, just quickly, we won't go on too long. Uh, how's this impacting you boys, the COVID? Because I know, speaking to you during the week, I know Big Tommy's got the old COVID and a few other players that you've mentioned along the line. It's uh, it's uh, going to play a bit of a role in the AFL in the coming, coming months, I think. It is. I have a strong suspicion that this could be one of the most interrupted seasons if we compare it to the last two. And obviously there's been significant interruptions uh, the last two seasons anyway. But purely because I see us playing through it at this stage, um, so therein lies the challenges that there are going to be players that are going to miss due to the health and safety protocols of um, you know, COVID isolation or close contacts. And and at the moment, the challenge quite clearly is we've had players that have been in the building, tested positive the next day. Where do you sit when it comes to close contacts? It's listed at, at four hours now that you have to be indoors with someone. You know, that's regarded as a close contact. So we're, we're, we're less than that. But quite clearly, um, the transmission, it, it doesn't wait to the four-hour mark before it says, all right, now I can jump from one person to another. So it's great. It's great to see that our rules have really made sense still, like they've improved on it. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> well, if, if you look what, at what's happened in the NFL and NBA, we've seen NBA games postponed. Now, there's so many games, they'll always make them up, um, uh, you know, and catch them up at the end of the season. There's less toll on your body. And when you play 82 games in a season, you know, you, you don't compare it to the AFL. The NFL have – we've seen players uh, miss games. We've seen coaches miss games, but the game goes on. There is no um, – there's no postponement. And I think that is probably the best way to go about it, even though there's going to be potentially some unfair games that will occur throughout the season. But to try and catch up on, on games at the end of the year with the buys that are in place, yeah, it, it's really difficult. And it puts a lot of pressure on those teams at the back end of the year. So it's not going to be totally fair. But what has been totally fair, you know, in in sports-related environments over the last few seasons? Very little. You just do the best that you can do. So I think this is going to play out in a similar way, Redmond, where we've, you know, we've seen the issues with AFLW this week where quite clearly those players are not, full-time professional players. They've got jobs that they still need to do. And with how we've seen Omicron, um, you know, spread through the population so quickly, we're going to have these issues ongoing. Every club at the moment through the the men's program is experiencing players out every every day, every week. Obviously, at the moment, it, it's set at a, what is it, seven days. So, um, you know, we're well down on numbers as every other club just about are so the challenges are going to be there no doubt and and i dare say as we get different variants which i'm assuming will in inevitably happen that's going to pose even greater challenges so it's it's once again it's a watch this space whether that be um afl whether that be the tennis next week obviously those players are going to be you know pretty strict on what they do but we're going to see it in the nrl uh, and we're seeing it with the, the nba at the moment as well before you do wrap up our first segment for the year, Patrick, I'm just going to do one announcement after your little COVID chat is 
This is this is good news. This is really good news. Mm, okay. The golden tags have been yes. extended until the thirty first of December mm. two thousand and twenty two. Uh, so basically the Gippsland region we'll call it Pat. There was lot a lot of fish released with your little yellow tags in them that basically got you some money back and most fish are worth tags up to 10 grand redmond yeah two thousand dollars most of fish and there's still several worth ten thousand dollars that are right across that gippsland region this was to do with support regarding the bushfire impact that it had but there's more than 950 tagged fish that still are not caught so this runs right through to the 31st of december 2022 so it's another year so make sure you get down there, help those businesses, and you might even help yourself with a bit of cash you can you can put on the old TAB. So the lakes uh, or systems include like Eildon, the Goulburn, Ovens Rivers, uh, northeast, Lake Purrumbeet, the southwest, um, Kings Billabong in the northwest. So there's so many different waters. Well, I, I didn't even know that the Purrumbeet, that's, I didn't even know they included that. That's terrific. I didn't even yeah, so if, if you do want more info on, on, on you know what's available, then head to the – the Vic Fish website, and they'll give you all the details you need to, to know with um, with where to go. I don't think they give you exact numbers on how many fish in that, in that <laughs> waterway are, are free to be tagged and there's 10 grand hanging off the back of them. But, um, uh, you know, it's it's a good way to get into fishing, Redmond. You can get the wife into fishing that way or your partner into fishing that way. That's a, that's a good enticement. 10 grand, I'll, uh, I'll take that. <laughs> exactly right. We've got a massive show of Real Adventures. We're back for 2022. We can't wait. Plenty more Real Adventures after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time to find out what's biting in your part of the country, your part of the state, Redmond. Uh, New South Wales, we're seeing really good-sized male, and, and we're going to speak about this a little later in the show with Red's Tip, Redmond. As we come into marlin season, you're going to be heading up uh, the eastern seaboard. But there's some good fish being caught. I am, and I'm looking forward to destroying your boat. Burmy, the most <laughs> tradable destination for marlin. I'm calling it, Pat. It's 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 just sensational place, beautiful place. Don't have to travel too far out to get to the fish. Where Eden, don't get me wrong, I love Eden. It's, it is my go-to place. But once again, you've got to travel an extra bloody 30 k's to get to where you need at times. So yep. it's a lot of traveling on water. Where Burmy is that place, and we're starting to see fish being caught a little bit of, i wouldn't say consist too much consistency but a little bit of consistency it's starting to show good signs the bait's starting to stack up and there are most importantly fish being caught which is really really good to see also out of burmy uh the snapper pack they're fishing really really well at the moment and then if we push up a bit higher fishing off sydney some massive kingfish now kingy fishing in victoria i left it out of this chat this week deliberately pat because I want to do a bit, a fair bit next week. So they're probably, getting caught, mate. They are getting they caught. Are, they are getting on caught. fly as well during the week. Bellspool, Marlow, Malacuta, uh, New South Bottom, and New South Wales. It's really Pat. I said we're saving it for next week, mate. So you didn't okay, sit back sorry. and relaxing. I know you're excited, but it's Sydney. Sydney had some really big kings. One point two meters. That's some fish being caught too. Live baiting and also uh, knife jigs. And if you want to do something basic, like we're on school holidays, and who knows how long school. Holidays could go for with this Omni thing, but the sand at uh, Colonel Beach is going to stay there for don't, a while, I reckon. Don't do that to parents around <laughs> yeah, the country. Do not do that. that to parents around the country. I never understood when, you know, growing up, it's like, oh, what are mum and dad, like, what do you mean? School holidays are the best. And you get back to the end of school holidays, kids are all flat. And mum and dad, there's like a glow to everyone. Like, this is the greatest week of all time. Is, Actually, is no, George, it's not. Next week's the greatest week of all time. Is George at school yet? Be, no, he's one year no, old. 
He's got one year to go. Probably. He's he's four and a half, five this year. Well, going back to what I was saying, Colonel Beach. Countdown's on. <laughs> the countdown. uh, one year, two months, and 24 seconds. Um, <laughs> Colonel Beach, the sand's not going anywhere over the school holidays, Pat, and there's plenty of brim being caught. Uh, mm, I yep. During the week, people landing up to 40 different fish in a couple of hours uh, uh, sessions. I'm talking small, flatted, big, flatted, sand whiting, Good size, oversized, small brim, all sorts, Pat. All sorts yep. of fish. Great place to take to take anglers. Uh, in South Australia, Port Broughton, how you pronounce that? Broughton Jetty? Broughton. Broughton Jetty is loaded with pike. Lucky one of us is a local, mate. Well, lucky um, one of us is a local. South Oz local. Pike and mullet, Patrick. I don't know if you ever got down there and targeted these, but thousands of pike. Stick to your bag. Uh, bag limit sizes. Make sure you check your guides in South Oz. But a metal lure retrieved, not fast. Now, pike are lazy. You can go fast to fire them up, but I find you hook up better as long as you're still going slow. Like in, in, turning that metal into, a, I guess, a wobbler pat, actually wobbling yeah. rather than scooting through the water. That's what I've found the best. And once again, school holidays, mullet. There's plenty of mullet off the jetty as well. Bread and tuna oil doesn't cost much. A couple of dollars for a loaf of bread, a couple of dollars for some tuna oil with a bit of bag of pippies, which are probably actually $45 a bag at the moment. But <laughs> maybe just put some bread on the end of a nice small worm hook and you'll catch yourself plenty of uh, plenty of mullet as well. Marion Bay is seeing a really good run of school bluefin at the moment. Uh, the usual bottom fish are fishing well. Nannies, Morwong, uh, schools and, and gumbo sharks are going well, Redmond. But the, I suppose the thing that's got everyone excited is quite clearly the, the bluefin run. Um, waiting out at Yorks as well at the moment, using bloodworms uh, as your bait in the shallows. There's plenty of yellowfin whiting on offer. And if you get them in good numbers, they're a great fish to to chase with a surface popper. It's just yeah, where, where they're feeding. If you can get them in good numbers, it's, it's obviously great getting on bait, but it is wonderful to chase them with a surface popper. They're good fun watching them explode the surface. They're much better than eating a bloodworm. But Kangaroo Island, Pat. Now, mm, I could yes. speak about this. I could speak about this joint for every species of fish, tuna, you name it. But I want to talk about the whiting fishing right now, the ocean whiting fishing. Massive. Nearly every fish are bloody over 50 centimetres. So for me, that's massive. They're as thick I'd... as your leg, not as thick as your arm. They're massive, <laughs> these things. They're, they're not kidney slappers. They're ball slappers because they're down that far. But they, they are fishing. Jeez, you've got crewed really quickly in this show, haven't you? Can we, can <laughs> we say that? We'll go with that. Oh, <laughs> well, you just have. <laughs> what do you mean? Gambling. You just did. Well, making rules on, on this show today. But there are there's some big fish there in Kangaroo Island. If you can get over there, it's a place that I've never been. I don't know if you've been there, but I want to bloody go there. So uh, fishing all around is fantastic there. Heading over to Queensland, Pat. The jewfish are going really, really well out of Coogee right now. Live bait's been the dominant the dominant bait, so not so much your dead bait. Stick to your live putty mullet, whatever you can get. And big big, big mulloway, like I'm talking big, 40-pound stuff, really big. Uh, also out of Coochie, the snapper offshore fish right up to seven kilo being landed, uh, which is also great to see. And the last one for Queensland before you take away the WA wrap is the big waves and tides that from the cyclone that we've had through, yeah. I guess, Queensland. What about some of the vision there? Just extraordinary. I actually, to be honest with you, I reckon they're put oh, – I'm sorry, Queenslanders. You, you get a four or five-metre swell. That's what I have every bloody day in this Southern Ocean bass straight down here. It, it's always four metres. Oh, boy. <laughs> I've just gone there, haven't oh, I? Oh, boy. But back you, to what I was saying, <laughs> I'll get out of trouble while I can. But <laughs> get used to the waves. That's all we have is waves. But it's uh, – it's um, the, the fishing's really good. 
but you need to fish smart when you've got conditions the way you do. So finding sheltered gutters or using points and whatnot to cover the waves, you're actually going to, because it's all stirred up and it's all messy. So you need to find calmer water and your baits will be yep. using light sinkers and stuff to catch Sam Whiting and also your, your, your uh, brim and tailor along the beaches. So getting into sheltered waters as such around that tweed heads is fishing really, really well at the moment. Take us away to WA, Pat. Well, Redmond, there has been some absolute colossus dolphin fish or Maui Maui for those playing at home uh, being caught off the Metro ads. And Damien Thompson uh, was in a post from Wreckfish West during the week. And this is clear proof that these fads are an absolute must if you're going to chase some really good size Maui Maui. This is a beautiful size fish and it still had its colour in. So it's obviously it had just been uh, had just been caught. Uh, but that's probably the one that's got you know most people excited at the moment. There's been really good captures as well uh, of of Australian salmon uh, along um, the the shorelines at different stages. And if you if you head further up north, there's been some really good sized barra being caught as well. So um, it just depends whether you've got the um, the border application to get into sure. Western Australia. You, at the moment, you're going to have to wait till Feb five. But I tell you, once it opens, it's just a treasure trove. I you sound optimistic that it's, it's going to be open on Feb 5. Well, I think everyone outside of Western Australia is optimistic because <laughs> it's just been – and anyone that's sort of got family outside of the West and you live in the West, but everyone else is thinking, bugger off, we've had it too good for too long. So, um, plus there's been some – there's still been some you – know, late December, Redmond, there was some really good kingfish being caught off the rocks. So, um, it's an area that's fished quite well. Um, that is our whip around. Um it's time to get to the social club. We take your questions from social media every week. If you want to join in the conversation, which we'd love, we love interacting with or interacting with our listeners. Uh, make sure you head to our Real Adventures socials, both on Instagram and Facebook, or better yet, download our Real Adventures app. The first question is from, geez, how am I going this morning? I'll tell you what, it sounds like I've jumped into my body and I've jumped into yours. I've nailed it that good. I'm illiterate. The first question is you know from how Brent. I feel all the time. It's from Brent. G'day, boys. Uh, I've done a few trips offshore chasing tuna with no luck. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the season to come. So I'm assuming he's talking the, uh, the tuna season. Well, the tuna season is here, Redmond. It is open. But one of the things that you have spoken about often is matching the hatch. And at the moment, they're chasing really small um, bait. So you've got to try and match that, and that's been tough for some Redmond. Yeah, just simple. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. nothing else. <laughs> it's uh, it's been difficult. It's uh, it's. You know been... what I reckon would work well if you can get close enough to the schools, which is obviously a challenge. You can get them on flight at the moment. Yeah, it's you. One of, you know, it's what? one of the ways to really get you you know to match the hatch, but you can have to you have can a get closer. Leader. You know. You know you can definitely get closer to them, and I might hold you on that. I might get you and your silly, stupid thing out, Rod, whatever you want to call it, and start flicking <laughs> at these things because they have been very hard to catch. But the positive is, Pat, is there's so many fish there. It's yeah, going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's only early. Now, if you go through my phone like I did the other day, I had a couple of good sessions, like actually very similar to this season, early. Then it died off now. The fish were there. So you're talking about going back historically through your, Last two years. Through your diary, basically, of what the fish captures have been previously. Basically, the Australia Day long weekend, give or take, is when we start to see them actually open their mouths and transition yep. on off the bait. The bait they're on is microscopic. It's nearly like krill, to tell you the truth. It's very That's why small. I reckon the fly would work. 
Well, it, it will. 100% I agree with you. But the problem is, is when they sum themselves as well, which they're doing a hell of a lot of, they're just turned off. They're not interested. They're not and even interested. You'll yeah. see Bob or John come past you and might jag one out of it. But that's that one guy out of 300 boats, Pat. So, like, don't He's get... cast an anchor out. He's foul hook one of the side. That's well, why. that's the other thing. You, you, you can get actually that close to him. You can nearly just... I don't even know if this is legal, so I shouldn't say it. You can put a gap rip it through it, rip a gap through it, and catch one. Like they're just on <laughs> the side of the boat. But the spearos have been getting them. No worries. There is so many fish there. Some big fish there. The beautiful fish there. So don't get too disappointed, Brent. It is going to happen, and the season is going to fire up like it has. I'm very. Well, I don't know, but I'm very, very, very confident it's going to fire up. The next question is from Riley. Danger. I seen you cooked a big snapper a little while ago on your socials. How did it turn out? And how long did you cook a fish of that size for? I think it's a, lot. it's a good one. It's our last question of the social club because we're under a few time constraints. Um, I've always found cooking really big snapper there to try and maintain that the flavour is quite difficult. So I've always wrapped them in foil and baked them whole. So with a brick, get, with a brick, and then you throw the fish out and eat the brick. Is it? Is that long? <laughs> no, I actually use the barbecue because the fish that um, that I, that a friend gave to me. Can't remember his name. Um, <laughs> uh, was too big for the the oven. So what I did was wrap the whole thing up, um, herbs, lemon, etc., and then and then roasted the whole thing in the barbecue. But I reckon your fish around forty to fifty centimeters, fifty centimeters max. To be honest, they're the best flavored snapper. They're so you reckon bigger. that two to two two to two and a half kilo, just under three. Yeah, absolutely. I reckon that's your best flavor. Did you find really, it was- really simple to cook? You don't have to cook it too long. Um, you don't dry it the rest of the fish. That's that's how I, you know, and I'm no chef, mind you. <laughs> did you find it was uh, did you find it was like on a stronger side of things? Because I haven't eaten a big snapper for years. Did you find it was stronger on the big, being bigger or not as sweet or anything like that? Uh, not as sweet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. the smaller fish are far. They've got a nicer taste to them versus it just. It tastes like fish, but it's just a. It's almost a boring flesh that you ended up. You, you top it up with sauces rather than enjoy the actual yeah, flavour yeah, of the fish. Yeah. That is our social club. That wraps our questions. If you've got questions for Aaron or I, make sure you shoot them through to our Real Adventures socials. We'd love to hear from you. Plenty up Real Adventures after the break. Gearing up for Dometic. Everything you need for adventures, big or small. Mobile living made easy. Dometic. It's time for gearing up for the Dometic Patrol, an icebox with a sense of adventure. And earlier in the week, I caught up with Bomber Farrell, one of our real brand ambassadors, and he's been traveling Tasmania with his beautiful wife, Callie, and they've got a great story to tell. Bomber Farrell joins me, a Shimano pro angler, and of course, a real brand angler as well. Bomber, you've been traveling around Tasmania over the last few weeks, your trip looks absolutely spectacular. You've done it via an RV with your beautiful wife, Cal. Talk us through it. Why did you decide on on Tassie? That sort of makes a bit of sense because of how tough the international travel has been because you have fish all over the globe. But this has been a special trip. Yeah, well, Danger, it has, it has been a special trip in special circumstances. We actually booked to go to WA, but... um. Yeah, there's an iron wall across there. So after that was um, <laughs> uh, established and known, we uh, we uh, changed the idea, and we've we've uh, travelled around Australia a lot, and uh, we've done a few different RV trips, as you've alluded to, um, internationally and also New Zealand. So we um, we thought we'd just book an RV, and um, 
head down to Tassie and we've like been able to sort of have about a four week stint down here, which we're just finishing up and got the RV and uh, got a couple of mates down around the place here who've lent us a bit of gear along the way and, and then we've just sort of made the most of that opportunity and just sort of let out with our nose and a map and the weather and, and, and off we went. Yeah, this isn't barra fishing. This isn't sailfish that obviously you, you catch a huge amount of uh, up in the NT and Grid Island specifically. This is trout fishing and fly fishing, something that you love doing. And there is something special about fly fishing around Tassie and the hunt for the fish. It's for those that haven't been to Tassie but have been to you know the waters of New Zealand. It's very very similar country. Yeah, well, in some of those rivers um, are pretty similar, but then I think what Tassie does have, which um, a lot of places don't have, I think are those natural lakes up in the central plateau um, where you get to go and, well, depending on the weather, uh, you get to go and hunt and stalk out some, some big fish in shallow waters uh, when you get a good rise or a hatch up there. It's just, there's nothing like it. And then tailing fish early in the morning um, and the wildlife that goes with it. It really is something else, uh, I think, for those people who do who do get onto the old wand and go and chase a couple of trout. One of the things that I've loved uh, on your socials, I actually thought it was a grizzly bear. I thought you'd all of a sudden transported yourself to Alaska, but you found yourself eye to eye with a, uh, a very dangerous swimming wombat. Yeah, I feel a bit that, like, of all things that ever happened, that is just the most one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in my life. Like I always look at a wombat, and that is like one Australian animal that I think you are not designed to swim. <laughs> uh, and, and at five o'clock in the morning, I've got up and it was blowing a hell and a gale up the top of those western lakes. I've walked up to this spot, and I've just sort of he's opposite me, and he's walked sort of towards me, but right onto the bank. At that point in time, I've, I'm grabbing a photo, a, a platypus pops up in between as well and I didn't button on quick enough for that for the platypus to get into shot and this guy's looked just standing on this rock like sniffing at the water I'm thinking mate is there a salmon going past or a trout like you're about to claw this thing like you want to you want to be something that you're not um anyway I, I um it went on for about five six minutes with this with following this amazing wombat they then turned around and he he's walked out and he started wandering off into the water and I've sort of then crossed this little little culvert that I was in, gone to the other side, I'm 20, 30 metres behind him, and then he just started swimming out into the middle of the lake, goes through this whole weed bed, and went out, and he just swam out, like, and it was it's too deep out there where, uh, where he was eventually, then he'd come back all the way back around, and then I end up walking a couple of metres from him, I think he was pretty sort of buggered after swimming his uh, 20 k's in the morning, I'd say, he was meant to be doing. Um, and I was sort of, I just literally followed him. To the bank and he didn't even run off he just waddled off got out of the water he shook himself off like a little dog that was hilarious and then just wanders onto the bank and then just trots off uh, into the grass and I'm just like yeah well I don't know what that was all about but yeah, ready, ready to start his day I don't know what a way to start the day just for a bit of a swim in the freezing cold water up there in the highlands fishing trips are all about or for some for many ticking off those bucket list items uh, and, and and improving on your PBs. Now, you've done that with a beautiful brown trout. Take us through that moment because it's it's certainly special as an angler to catch a wild brown, but to catch a really good size wild brown like you did, it was a stonking fish. 
Well, mate, I'll tell you what, I've caught a few fish in the day and I have been chasing trout since I was, yeah, a little fella. One of the first fish I ever caught was a brown trout. And I've always chased them and finally donged a seven-pounder. Um, and, mate, I was, I was there. Kelly was in the RV and I said, oh, look, I'm just going to go and go for a walk. Uh, and I was, it was a couple of, oh, probably about an hour walk into this little lake. And I've walked all the way up this creek, got to the lake. And, mate, I was there for 10 minutes. Couldn't believe it. I donged this thing straight away and... Uh, I was just beside myself. I, just, I actually didn't fathom the whole thing until afterwards. And <laughs> I was just like, on, on the dry fly, which has been the whole the whole trip I've been on the dry fly, I actually just blind cast. I didn't even see the fish. I was just like up there. Nothing was rising. I was having a bit of a look, and I thought, oh, this is like a likely spot. I just put a cast in, just waited for a bit. And all of a sudden, just boom, this big mouth comes out. It's go clip and off the top. And I'm just like, oh, yes, you are kidding me. And then... Once it hit the net, I was just like, oh, you, oh, just, mate, I was, yeah, I was beside myself, couldn't believe it. I had to quickly try to whip out the phone on the bank to try to get a photo. <laughs> that, that's not really <laughs> ideal by yourself. Um, but, oh, mate, it was unbelievable. Um, unbelievable. So stoked. Um, yeah, definitely one of those things, like you, exactly what you alluded to, for trout fishermen is like kicking off a big brown uh, out in the wild is just nothing like it. Does a trip like that, and 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 well, you're still on it at the moment, and a fish like that solidify for you that that Tassie once again it's it's got enormous uh, dinosaurs that are swimming in the the waters, um, you know, within fifty k's of shore that are that are huge southern bluefin tuna that are massive swordfish, and then you know you head inland and you catch you catch incredible browns. It's such an incredible fishery that, that doesn't always get the kudos that it deserves, certainly away from fishing circles. Oh, yeah, I think you're dead right. I think a lot of locals like to keep it under their hat too, I'd say, as well. <laughs> um, but I think for, for anglers who do come down, who make the effort, I think because of the situation that people would typically come in, they might not spend enough time fishing, whereas you're going around looking at some of the estuaries if you you came down for a short trip, you're just going to have a look and go, oh, geez, that'd be good to fish there. But you don't have the time to commit to go through and follow through and actually enjoy what the fishing really does have to offer. Because I think even the brim fishing, um, some of my other mates fishing in the estuary for perch, flathead, even massive King George whiting, uh, that's all on tap down here. Mm. Uh, so you're dead right with it. It is a very an unbelievable fishery and you really would have to love just to commit like a month of just having a boys trip honestly fishing down here would be unbelievable with about a four or five metre boat it would be a blast because that's certainly what you haven't done uh, dragging poor old Cal around Tasmania for the last month uh, Bomber it's been a, uh, a wonderful chat as always <laughs> it always is uh, thanks for your time this morning enjoy the rest of the trip and uh, we'll no doubt be talking to you once you're back uh, in the NT no worries thanks Dane have a good one mate Red's Review for Club Marine, Australia's leading provider of boat insurance. It's time for Red's Review for Club Marine. Redman, what do you have for us this week? You're under you're under time constraints because we've gone over a little bit, so apologies for that. No, uh, been a big show, Pat. We've got a, next week I'm looking forward to. We've got a bit of kingfish and tuna talk too. So it's going to, like I said to you, when I apologised last week, because we've got some big <laughs> stuff big stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks. Red's review this week. Uh, I've been, well, was, getting a lot of crayfish, and I get lots of messages about crayfish, people wanting to do it, blah, blah, blah. Now, something that you must have, and I'll be honest with you here, you might go, oh, you're an idiot for saying this. No, you're talking crap. I am not. I will not get in the water and dive for a crayfish 
without a dive torch. I just will not do it. You basically, you're not completely. That makes total sense. You, no, because helps. it just, yeah. it's not dark down there like you're in looking for your jocks in the cupboard next year at two in the morning or something like that. It's not like that. But for your eyes to adjust from light to going into a ledge, it takes a long time. And not only that, Wobbegong sharks, blah, blah, blah. You can whip your torch around under the ledges. And I can see craze from miles away. And I recommend in getting a good dive torch. Reason for it, battery. Battery lasts longer. And they're not stupid priced. I've got a Merez EO, EOS 5RZ 500 lumens. It cost me about $200 to $250. And it is seriously the best investment I've ever bought in diving. I'd actually go down there with a the torch before I went down there with air because it's that important. They seriously catch you so many more crayfish. And I speak to people, I went diving today. Did I see? No, didn't see a crayfish, blah, blah, blah. Do you have a dive torch? No. It's like, well, that's your biggest issue because if you don't have them, you're just not going to see them. You need yep. to get a quality wrist strap because they hang a lot. So one thing that I found as a quality wrist strap is, you know, the old Wii controllers, Pat? Those that have the wrist traps on them. Well, I, I wasn't a huge Wii gamer growing up, Aaron, I, but I do know what you're referencing. Come on, the old tennis, mate. Get used to it. But I used to – that was uh, – that they're really, really good to have on your strap. And also to not, uh, to not lose them is crucial too because they do cost a lot of money and they can cost you on the day. Do not take your dive torch off your wrist until you're in the boat. That is number one. Because if you try and pass it to someone and Pat's in the boat and I pass it to him and he drops it, good luck going back down trying to find the bloody thing. It just doesn't happen. So if you are getting into cray diving, go get yourself a $200 to $300 dive torch. I told you the one that I had. can't even pronounce it. Make sure they've got good rechargeable batteries and charge it the night before. You want full steam ahead, but you don't want to go, oh, crap, it might be charged because you get out there and it starts going dull, you're not going to see things. That's Red's review this week. Get yourself a dive torch if you are looking for crayfish. That was Red's review for Club Marine. Insure your boat or jet ski with Club Marine, Australia's leading provider of boat insurance. Check the PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventure. Real Adventures, rather, Redmond. It's time for Red's tip, the Marlin season. Talk to us. If you want me to start bringing the segments in, mate, just yell out. It's just it's an excellent <laughs> Isn't I was it? actually I was eating a bit of chocolate. It's way too early. I, to I know you were, but I, I was laughing. At. To, you know, just continue the pep up for the last segment, Redmond. A bit of chocolate at, uh, early hours of the morning with the preseason. It looks good. Uh, Marlin season. <laughs> Marlin season. We spoke about it at the top of the show, or middle of the show, I should say. It's fast approaching us, and with New South Wales being open. Last year was well, – not last year, we'll call it last year. Last season we'll go with was, mm-hmm. uh, was a little bit touched up by COVID. It, it affected it a hell of a lot. So this year is going to be a real sought-after season for Marlon. There's going to be a lot of boats chasing them. Is now, it going to be difficult because there hasn't been that many boats chasing them that the reports from last year aren't going to be super valid because there's not going to be that many of them? So uh, there's, there's is it difficult to forecast? No, it's looking like it's going to be a cracker season. It's definitely late. But yep. it looks like, like we're seeing fish caught already out of Burmy and whatnot and up higher. So there's fish being caught. It's going to get better and better. But the tip this week is things are going to go fast. So what I mean by that, like it's very hard to get stuff into the country. So uh, there's going to be 
tens of thousands of people chasing marlin right along the southeast coast of New South Wales and up higher. Like, and yep. I'm not joking, tens of thousands. Like, Burmy each day, there's going to be 200 boats out on good the days of the fish. Like, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> you so, get to the boat ramp at 7 p.m. Oh, for the next morning of, to launch. <laughs> it's out of, going to be out of control, which is a great. It's great for the town. It's great to see because bushfires and COVID, blah, blah, blah. But start doing your ordering, Pat. Because there's no point in getting there a week before and going to your tackle store and they don't have your wax thread or your Dacron or they don't have your wind-ons or even your outriggers or something's wrong with your outriggers, you don't have them. Where where marlin season started, there's a few fish getting caught, but the prime's yet to come. So make sure you do your orders, order your, your, order your wind-ons, whether it's 150 pound, whatever it is, make sure you get your orders in right now. Is this a reminder for yourself because you know you're traveling up in late Jan, early Feb? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, I've actually been really organised this year. I'm actually taking your boat up there this year. We're still in the big boat. Um, I'm nervous about it as well. It's yeah, in so, such pristine condition. It's going to come back like it's been through battle. Well, I and everyone witnesses this. I've apologised now for whatever happens to the outside of the boat. If it <laughs> if I crash it or something, I'll fix that. But if the marlin build down the side, I'll just get it. I'll sign underneath it for you. It's just a little memory for you. But it's going to be a, how many pounds it was as well yeah, next to it. Yeah. Maybe even a photo if you're lucky, laminated. <laughs> but it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's really exciting. Uh, getting ready, like I said, I've been getting ready now. I've done a couple of orders online, uh, wind ons because you just don't like I said. Tackle stores may struggle. They may not. I might be wrong. But there's no harm in doing doing your orders right now with your 150 pound, your moi moi leader, and start getting your circle hooks ready. Start making your rigs because it's about to fire up well and truly for the marlin. It's now time for the flying guff, and if it's not going to Novak, I don't know where it's going. Where is it going, Patrick? <laughs> no, the the the, the gaff this week, Redmond, is going to a rat. There a is rat? a a rat. There like a is. Well, test. there must be. No, no, not a rapid test. That'd be great. Have you got one? Uh, I'm not raising there's no stock. I've used to uh, find them on the black market, those things. Uh, <laughs> no, no. The, uh, there is a rat inside Channel 7 because during the week, there was oh. the, uh, the leaked video of uh, the wonderful Beck Madden and Mike Amor pretty much um, deliberating over the, uh, the Djokovic uh, scenario in the best possible Australian way. And it was brilliant. They were basically mirroring how the whole of sane society views and has viewed this um, this circus that has been uh, Djokovic since he landed in Australia. So uh, you can you can argue rightly or wrongly how it's all been handled, but there's no doubt there is a rat in the ranks, Redmond. But my uh, my question was to you: How does that happen? How does that get out? So you're obviously going down the path of a of a there's, rat. There's, there's a leak there. They need Channel Seven need a plumber because there is a leak in the building. <laughs> Uh, it, good... it is it is not heading towards our wonderful Beck and Mike because I thought it was hilarious and they were speaking they were speaking the truth, mate. It was brilliant. So uh, well done. Me. They were talking from the heart. Absolutely, <laughs> the heart of all Aussies. Well done, uh, Beck and Mike. And to the rat, I tell you what, the plumbers are chasing you, mate. So be very careful. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this show. We're looking forward uh, to the twenty twenty two season of Real Adventures. We'll see you next week. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91